Thank you, Derek. Thanks for having me, Ron. So you've been traveling for quite a while, covering Major League Baseball for the better part of 15 years, and, and even longer than that with sports travel. So how, how did you get into that? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I think they go hand in hand. You know, my, part of my fondness for covering sports was my fondness for travel and, and getting a chance to go places. And, you know, it was one of the things that drew me into sports riding um, early on when I, when I didn't think that it was going to be the direction I went. Uh, I went to Mizzou to and to study journalism and was interested in uh, studying law and politics and um, you know that was the direction I wanted to go and went right to the student newspaper there that's called the Maneater that has been the the kind of uh, incubator for some really great journalists through decades there at Mizzou and uh, wanted to try to do what I could to follow in the footsteps of some of the, the news writers that have come there and did series of stories and um, along the way, uh, there early on in that first semester when I was a freshman, the sports editor came to me and said, uh, we're looking for somebody to cover football and, you know, I'd like for you to do it. And I, I said, I don't really have much interest. I want to try myself at, you know, this news angle. I really want to learn how to do that. Cops, courts, politics, student government, whatever. And, uh, and he goes, well, we pay for your travel for the road games. And on the Mizzou schedule that year was was a trip to Boulder to play CU. This was back in the Big Eight to date myself, and they and I thought, well, shoot, a free trip home. I, I grew up in the Boulder area and wasn't going to turn down a chance to just go home on on the newspaper's dime. And that was uh, that was a revelation for me. It's like, well, wait a minute, you can, they you know they'll pay you to to see the world, and if you can cover sports, you can see some of the best places in the world and some history and. Uh, you know, and see ballparks and baseball has taken me some incredible places. And I, uh, and covering hockey took me some incredible places and covering basketball took me to some neat places. Um, you know, n neither of the previous sports took me as many great places as baseball has. Um, but I knew that that was possible and I wanted to chase it. So that's how you kind of fall for the travel. St. Louis is known as a baseball town. What mm -hmm. is, what makes St. Louis special when it comes to baseball? It's history. Um, you know, it, it, it's very much intertwined uh, with baseball. You think back um, in the lifetime of our grandparents and maybe uh, for some of us, our parents, the Cardinals were the furthest west and furthest south Major League Baseball team. And they were for a long time um, in early baseball history. And not only that, but they also won titles. They, they were, in a lot of ways, you know they they want to be the Yankees of the National League. Um, some of their rivals call them that because they have the eleven championships, which is more than anybody in the National League. So, 
you know, that that gave them both a historic prominence with the banners to show for it, a geographic prominence because, um, you know, it was baseball's outpost, essentially, and then um, eventually had their megaphone in KMOX to broadcast Cardinal games to the world and, or, well, at least the 48 states. I mean, you could get KMOX anywhere. And that spread the word of Cardinal baseball, spread the word of greats like Stan Musial and Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and, you know, all the Hall of Famers. Um, So I think that's part of it. You know, two things stand out to me also about St. Louis, and it's really, well, three. Um, Okay, four. We'll go four. (laughs) I got got four things that stand out about um, St. Louis and its fondness and passion for baseball and really how it's just in the roots um, or in the water system, let's say, of the uh, of the city. One is that no generation uh, for the past 100-plus years has gone without a championship. There hasn't been a someone who has grown up in St. Louis or been a Cardinal fan that has not had a championship. We'll see how it goes here, but since – 1910 or so 1913 the cardinals have also not had a team without a hall of famer on it now you know albert pujols left in 11 so you know maybe yadier molina is the one that carries that forward here if he's inducted into the hall of fame or if you know one of the one of the well if anybody else arises up and and becomes that kind of player um yadier certainly is the closest so so there hasn't been a year without a, a hall of famer on the team um, the other things, um, you know, it's just it, you, you look around the, the globe. Um, I had a friend who I was talking to once, and he was telling me how he likes to count the hats in, in group scenes from around the world. So if, you know, you have a gathering for the New Year's at the Eiffel Tower or you have a, uh, you know, the running of the Bulls in Spain or something like that, you, you look at the baseball hats or the, or the hats of sports teams and, you're going to find out that, uh, you know, you'll see Yankees hats and you'll see Red Sox hats and you'll see Real Madrid hats and you'll see FC Barcelona hats and you'll probably see Chelsea hats and um, maybe some Arsenal hats and things like that, Man Man City now. Um, but you'll also see baseball teams, you know, and one of the teams that pops up quite a bit is the Cardinals. And in a way, that makes the Cardinals the the global liaison in, way, in a way to – what St. Louis stands for. You think about the three things that probably most people know about St. Louis. If you try to tell them where St. Louis is, you're going to tell them there's the Arch, there's Anheuser-Busch, and there's the Cardinals. Not sure how many other towns you would you would have baseball in their top three. Right. I mean, Cooperstown, sure. Right. But, you know, if you want to know where Green Bay is, you're going to talk about the Packers and cheese and cold. <laughs> you know, and so that's the that's what I mean. It's just it's it's become interwoven in the identity of the city in a in a way that sports are, um, but few sports are to this level. Hey, you mentioned uh, how baseball is just in, ingrained in St. Louis. I took talked with Ryan Fagan of Sporting News, mm-hmm. and he's, he's from, from St. Louis. Yeah. He said he can never remember a time when he was not a baseball fan. Right. Yeah, and that's part of it. I mean, you know, I one of my first baseball assignments early early on at my time at the post dispatch was uh major league baseball was coming in to audition for um for commercials that they wanted to feature fans and 
I was really struck by how many three generations of fans showed up. And you often think about, you know, probably too often we think about baseball as being sparked by a father playing catch with a son. And there in line were three generation of women, you know, hmm. a grandmother, mother, daughter, and not just one, but many, many of them. And, you know, you get a sense of what a community um, I identity what an identity it is for the whole community that the cardinals bring and how it and it, and it goes to what i'm talking about i mean you think about that like think about a grandmother who has the 60s team right that's what ignited her fondness for baseball then has a daughter who grew up in the 80s, 80s. and whitey ball who has a daughter who grew up in the 2000s and is often college as they're winning 100 games and 2006 and then maybe got married in 2011 when David Freeze happens. So every generation has their team and that gives them a bond that is really I mean you you don't have that anywhere but with the Yankees. Right. And you mentioned the 80s Cardinals. I was eight years old in 1982 in Wisconsin mm-hmm. when the Brewers went to the World Series, and that's really when so I. So see, you know Green Bay, right? Right. Did yeah. I, did exactly. I right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like to say about, about Wisconsin is beer, cheese, and the Green Bay Packers. But there you go. Um, but uh, in in '82, it's kind of when I was eight years old. It's kind of when I really fell in love with baseball. But mm-hmm. then I had my heart broken in the World Series by the Cardinals. Oh yeah, sure. And so, what is your like earliest baseball memory like? Like, like, like when you really fell in love with the game. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I can. Uh, there are a couple different ways to go with this. I mean, I can remember. Um, I can remember listening to games with my grandfather as we played catch in Wisconsin Dells. Um, you know, we would go visit there, and um, I can remember my grandfather taking me when the winter when he lived in Sarasota. I can remember him taking me to the White Sox. Uh, spring training facility but it wouldn't be spring training I guess it would have been instructs or something along those lines but we would go out there and we could see the the ball players the young ball players there um, I remember those things um, I I remember Reggie Jackson with the Yankees and his flamboyance and I remember all-star games and what an event that was um, because and then I I probably use it too often but i think it's a good way to describe it i grew up in the time zone baseball forgot <laughs> so uh you know i grew up before the rockies were in colorado though i did go I, w- I was in high school when they did arrive so i was able to go to the first game and went to i think it was five or six of the first seven games um and uh but baseball to me was always at arm's reach and or arms yeah it was always you know I couldn't quite grasp it. I didn't see my first major league game uh, until I was, you know, far older than I'd like to admit. I mean, it, it was something that I wanted desperately to do, and I was a huge fan of. And I would uh, volunteer to babysit for people who had ESPN so that I could watch <laughs> baseball games. Um, I would uh, do all I could to uh, to just to find out about the games. I clip box scores. I have notebooks still from when I was a kid where I would clip every Yankees box score and write notes in the margins about slumps and about who was not doing well and who shouldn't play and what, what they needed to get. I mean, you can, I can go back and look at them and, um, you know, the, just tried to understand the game 
through uh, at a distance. Um, and, you know, that's why the All-Star Game stood out because I knew that was going to be on TV. I knew that was going to be a moment. And I knew I better tape it because I was going to watch it seven more times in the next <laughs> three days um, because that was base- That was what I was going to get for baseball. Uh, you know, and then the connection you can make, and you can probably tell it already, is I got baseball through newspapers. And so for me my fondness for newspapers and my fondness for baseball are are married and that's why you're a baseball writer for a newspaper and that is part of why yeah that's part of the chase yeah that's part of what interests me those two things i'm forever fond of and to be able to do both of them is remark is i mean i cherish it so patty and i are going to as you mentioned before we're going to all 30 major league baseball stadiums this year in our, our 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 rv trying to give and along the way we're going to try to give some kids that experience of their very first baseball mm-hmm. game though even though you were like in high school by the time you went to a baseball game what was that first time you walked into a well major then league? i went to a major league game yeah. uh, i went to many 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 triple a games denver bears denver zephyrs and but the, that, yeah. that that first time at a major league baseball stadium though what was yeah. that like for you it was um it was better than the best christmas you know it was in kansas city we drove um a long way to get there to see the the Royals and the Yankees play, and uh, I, uh, I I didn't know how to con- contain myself. I mean, it was uh, you know you, you, I had been to ballparks before, um, seen the outside of a few of them. I had been to the inside of one of them on a tour, um, so I'd seen the greenest of greens and the bluest of blues and the you know the the distant walls and everything like that but i'd never seen a stadium in full bloom with thousands of people and with fountains going and with all all the things that go on with a ball game and batting practice and things like that and i mean it was it was it was affirmation that all of the all of the magic that i had invested in this place in this game was true not a disappointment it was it was probably like my son's really into movies, so it's probably like him watching the Han Solo trailer over and over and over and over again, which he's doing, um, and then going to the movie and going, wow, this is better than I ever hoped and dreamed it would be because for months now, in my case for years, I had been filling in the blanks with my imagination of what it would be like to be at a game, and it was every bit as good as I hoped to be. Do you think the Cardinals can find some of the magic that they had a few years ago? We'll see. They need pitching first. What can we expect from the Cardinals this year? To contend, um, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, it has a wide variance of possibilities. Um, It could be very good. It could spend most of the season searching, and uh, the Brewers and Cubs could run away. Um, The the team that it's certain to be, uh, you know, is not the team it wants to be. Um, so it, if it can get performances from some of the guys, some of the young guys, if it can get some snapback performances from some of the veterans, if everything goes right for them, they, they'll contend for the division title. It's just going to take a, a Powerball type things coming together for, for everything to go right. That doesn't happen. And so it'll be very interesting to see how they, uh, they kind of, you know how they address their weaknesses on the fly if they finish behind the cubs and brewers again is mike Matheny's job in jeopardy yeah yeah uh there there would be no one there there would be no one around who wouldn't be 
in trouble. I mean, they would, you know, from players on up, you know, there would be changes. Is that fair to Matheny or do you? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, what we what we've talked about is why baseball matters in St. Louis. Why baseball matters in St. Louis is because October exists. Hmm. You know, that's that's the definition of Cardinal baseball. Yes, the fans want to see the team play well, and yes, some of the fans want to see them play a certain style of ball, and yes, they want them to be the players to be a part of the community and to be good sports, and yes, they'll applaud the opposing team, but they define their seasons by Octobers three years without October especially when it's the Cubs that is keeping them out or when there is only added ways to get into October with the wild card now um, that does not sit well Um, this team does not hide its expectations does not hide its aspirations and it's entirely fair for the fan base to hold them to that so I'll get you out on this. And, again, I appreciate your time, Derek. Uh, you got a World Series pick? Oh, I don't. I don't. I hadn't even thought of in those terms yet, to be honest. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you kind of let spring play out a little bit. Because, you know, if I say a World Series winner today, then tomorrow's the day their ace has an injury or their number three. So yeah, I kind of let it play out until I have to make a prediction for the uh, for the newspaper. And even then, I kind of hold my nose and know I'm wrong by the moment I uh, – I drop it. I think that uh, I think the Yankees are going to be really good. Um, I think the Astros will continue to be good. I think where baseball is at right now is that there are probably three, four teams that stand out as elite teams. Then there's a muddle of teams that are like the Cardinals and Brewers and Cubs that have all the pieces to be good and if things break right can compete with those elite teams but uh but haven't separated themselves they all have weaknesses that could hold them back and then you have just this this soup of tankers that you know has really tilted things and you know that's 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 a it's an odd time to be in baseball i mean i think you know you look at where the giants are where they're desperately trying not to uh not to be pulled down by the tankers, and we'll see how that goes for them. They, they're, 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 they've grabbed onto some veteran life rafts to see if they can make it float for one more year, um, whereas some other teams have just said, you know what, we're not in this, so we're not going to be. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think in the division, I, I, I don't really have a kind of a World Series feel because because of that i mean a lot of things can change there's still so many free agents out there you know washington can make a move that drastically changes how they look and maybe they're one of those elite teams then add a pitcher and they're pretty good what i will say is that in the division i think to dismiss the reds as a problem would be wrong i think the reds are a little bit no they're 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 where the brewers were um when the brewers this current brewers team started to play well um, play confidently, get some production from young talent, and make some noise, and that seems to be where the Reds are. All right. Good stuff, Derek. Thank you again for your time. I really yeah. appreciate you Thanks, coming Ron. on the Home Run on Wheels podcast.
Thank you for having me, Ron. You see everybody else have a family. I remember just like, you know, like saying, what's wrong with me, you know? Josh spent 16 years in DSS custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. Hey, I know you really don't want to talk much because you really don't have a voice because you're losing it. Um, and I don't want to make fun of you, but it's kind of hard. But uh, <laughs> I know there are a lot of things Derek spoke about with which you can relate. Definitely, yes. And I am sotto voce, not by choice. But anyway, so yeah, he spoke about the generational bond with folks in St. Louis who were fans over the years, had seen championships, etc. And I definitely have experienced that with my friends who I know there. Uh, my friend Lori, my friend Maria, a lot of my friends, ha- Angela, right, and have that generational. And that was one of the things that Derek talked about. It was like this generation of three women. Right. Grandma, uh, mother, daughter. It's not just guys who love who love baseball. Chicks dig the long ball. Right, right exactly. And, and like I said... In our first podcast, I mentioned that that is how I got interested really in baseball. It really wasn't in my DNA to begin with. I was more of a football person. But once I got to St. Louis, and it is just a way to bond with people. You talk about the Cardinals. Um, He also talked about, excuse me, um, he also talked about when, when you go to foreign countries and People know, you talk about St. Louis, they talk about the Arch, they talk about Anheuser-Busch, and they don't necessarily know Anheuser-Busch, by the way, and they know Budweiser. Um, But anyway, they talk about that, and they talk about the Cardinals, and I have experienced that in foreign countries. Um, You say St. Louis, and they'll say, oh, the Cardinals, because they know the sports team that is associated with that city. And Derek mentioned that the Cardinals are basically the New York Yankees of the National League, not just for championships, but because of that brand recognition. If you're in Germany or Italy, you mentioned New York. Obviously, New York City is New York City. Right. But people will know the Yankees. If you're in Madagascar, all hail the New York Giants. <laughs> but with St. Louis, though, it, it really is the Cardinals. By the way, shout out to Pete Chileski on that one. Every time I think of uh, the New York Giants, I think of Madagascar. Um, But anyway, yeah, it it is an association and it is interwoven into the identity of the city, as he said, totally. The other thing that he mentioned that hit home with me as well is October. We call it Red October for a reason, right? Right. And we need to get back to having a red October. October just isn't the same without that. It's been three years. And uh, the Cardinals last won a World Series in 2011. 
and they're kind of facing uphill climb to get there because there are you know, the they're pretty much slated to be third in the division again for the second straight year this year behind the the Cubs and Brewers. But interesting, Derek mentioned the the, the Reds in the National League Central as a team to kind of look out for. And, uh, and, the, and then you got the Pirates, who, heck, we had last week on the podcast, Jamison Tyon, uh, Josh Bell, and Chad Cool. They got rid of Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon to go younger, but this is a really confident group. I really think the NL Central is going to be tough. Now, Derek kind of mentioned that there might not be a World Series winner in the NL Central, but it could really be a competitive division. Well, let's hope so, and let's hope that the Cardinals can. You know, he, he made it sound like it's out of reach, but I'd like to at least see, you know, you always hold out hope. And so let's hope that they can get their act together and, and get the right talent to hit at the right time. Well, what was my wish for the Brewers last year? I just want, as a Wisconsin native, I just wanted the Brewers not to lose 100 games. And what did they do? They almost won the division. So that's that's kind of the thing about where you've gotten more parity in sports. The NFL is probably the best example. Major League Baseball might be the worst example or the NBA, but you have seen these uh, teams that just kind of like like the Brewers last year kind of come out of nowhere to be a contender. And I think that's what people in St. Louis would like to see from the Cardinals this year. You always want your team to be a contender, right? right. So, right, right, yeah, right, right, of right. course. Um, but speaking of teams that aren't expected to contend this year, the Miami Marlins, they pretty much had a fire sale this offseason, getting rid of uh, their entire outfield. Christian Yelich is in Milwaukee. Giancarlo Stanton is in New York with the Yankees. And uh, Marcelo Zuna is with your St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, also, D. Gordon is out in Seattle. But one player they did keep is Martin Prado. And uh, we will be speaking with Martin Prado on Thursday's episode of the Home Run on Wheels podcast just to coincide with opening day Thursday when we'll be at Marlins Park. Hey, Marlins, take on the Chicago Cubs. You're looking at me as if you expected me to say something, and I have nothing against the Cubs. So... I'm, as I said, I, I did grow up in St. Louis <laughs> and you know, I'm not even going to go into my thing about the, about my feelings about the different teams. Okay. I will go into one feeling. We did go to, uh, Fenway South as they call it. I really begrudge. Yes. Yes. And today's Monday. Right. Begrudgingly. I really like that park. <laughs> and you even had a picture taken of you in front of the 2004 World Series trophy. And yes. you were at game four where the Red Sox clinched the series. I had my picture taken with my frowny face on or my pouty face on is actually what I did. And that, <laughs> that picture will be up not only on the homerunonwheels.com photo gallery, which you can find in the uh, the journey and schedule, you can, where you can find out when we'll be coming to your city, but um, also on the Home Run on Wheels Facebook and Instagram accounts. And uh, 
another thing you have to look forward to on Thursday is not only our interview with Martin Prado, but we will be giving our spring training stadium reviews. We went to 10 of the 13 uh, Grapefruit League spring training venues down here in Florida, and uh, I tell you what, we enjoyed pretty much all of them. We have, and there are different aspects of the different ones, and that's what we'll talk about, because I know people keep asking, well, what's your favorite? And you've asked me, what's my favorite? I do kind of have a favorite, but it it depends on what aspect of that stadium we're talking about really but I, I I can probably still tell you I have a favorite but we'll we'll save that for then yep and so that'll be Thursday and hopefully Patty will have a voice by then exactly then, <laughs> I'm sorry I don't mean to laugh at you but it's kind of hard not to um, yeah paybacks are you. you know anyway <laughs> but until then remember to swing for the fences and we will speak with you Thursday. Martin Prado and spring training stadium.